HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Julia Tertian, host of Radio Cherry Bomb. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I love that. Opening a beer on the show right when we start. Hey, it's December 9th, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We've got a special show tonight. We've got a, an importer of Spanish beer with her New York distributor and, and a bar that, that carries it, too. So this is a kind of a cool, like, importer, distributor, bar owner show. And we're with Iberian Beer United, Remarkable Liquids, and uh, the beer buyer from Myland. So welcome to Beer Sessions Radio. And especially thanks to greatbrewers.com who brought you this podcast tonight. All right. So if you have any questions, you can tweet us at beer underscore sessions. Maggie's doing a live tweet. If you got any questions, jump in on her at beer underscore sessions. And today we're taking over the Heritage Radio Network Instagram feed. Justin's on it. You might see some crazy pictures of uh, Spanish, you know, Yuletide logs and things like that. But this is a pretty cool show. We've been good friends with, with Jessica and Johnny from Iberian Beer United for a long time. They were long-time uh, Blind Tiger customers, and a couple years ago they branched out and started importing their own beers from Spain, and uh, they've been good friends, and uh, got a little story to tell us, don't you, Jessica? Yes, Welcome back on the show, and welcome back Thanks, uh, distributing your beer in New York City. Thank you, thank you. We're Cheers really to you. Cheers, Cheers, everybody. we got Matt Hartman from Remarkable Liquids. Cheers. Yes, Iberian Beer United finally has a distributor. From, uh, we won't Milan. be pulling up in our shitty car to deliver your beers. <laughs> There's a personal touch to that. So let's cut back. We, we did get your story about why you started distributing, but you, you actually did, you imported and were self-distributing. And what were some of the pitfalls of that? There's two of us. <laughs> That's the biggest pitfall. There's two of us doing everything from source, finding the breweries, importing them, managing the logistics, and then all of a sudden we were self-distributing as well, thanks to Rowan Imports, who were fantastic. Um, but that held us, you know, left us holding way too many balls than we knew how to juggle. So, so. fast forward, and I knew how hard you were working. 
And you, you also have day jobs and all that stuff. That's right. But then tell us about how, how you found distributor R- Remarkable Liquids. Uh, well, we do have, as you probably know, um, one of our one of our breweries, Langeube, collaborated on a fantastic beer with Brian Strumke, or rather Brian Strumke selected them to collaborate with and made this terrific saison called Eloja, which is super rare. Um, and that got us a bit of attention. And Brian... Um, that was a great beer, too. Oh, such a good beer. Um, and Brian has his stuff with 12% and 12% distributes with Remarkable. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of back stuff that I can't really talk about, but other importers, you know, suggested Remarkable Liquids. They're upstarts. They're kind of guerrilla distributing. Well, better than guerrilla distributing. <laughs> I like that term. It, it's what it feels like. It's like, you know, here we are. We're pounding the doors. We're knocking down new places. We're like, who the hell are they? Well, you're going to know about them. Um, they've got fantastic brands. We're super proud to be in their stable. And we're a tiny brand, and we need people who are dedicated to growing. You know what I brands. love? I, I love you are a great importer, you know, because you, you, you're, you're, you're from Spain, and you have, you have some roots ah, there. See. But also, what you, you guys go back every year to beer festivals. We and- do. Well, we were. The, the tragedy of self-distribution was we couldn't. So it's been more than almost two years. It'll be two years in March since we've been back, which is the first time since we started, I don't know being together and going to Spain before beer. So that was uh, kind of tragic. And, and of course, our brewers want to see us, and we want to see them, and so much is going on in Spain. New breweries are popping up all over the place. We have lots of news, but I don't want to take over the show. So you know, you, but you are t- <laughs> it is your show, and, and you help bring it together, which is, which is cool, because been, you've been talking for a while about getting you back on the show. And uh, you know when you guys first started, we, we had some great shows with you and Johnny. And I love Johnny Brilliant. Cheers well, Johnny Brilliant is here represented with our uh, Christmas tradition, the Cagatillo, which is um, the phenomenal Christmas Yuletide log um, from Catalonia. Santa, basically, for Catalan kids, except this kid, this, this Santa doesn't so like it's, it's build like a presents. little it's a little log with a... Smiling face. Smiling face. Caps for eyes, nose, barretina, which is the, the national Catalan hat. And we put some of Johnny's hair on it. I mean, not actually, but kind of. <laughs> so no, you're right. <laughs> Matt loves it. But soon, Matt, you'll be distributing Yuletide logs with the, with the kegs of beer, I'm sure. Yeah, Jessica but hasn't told me about that. I get yet. sticky. Yeah. I got a whole bunch in the, in the trunk of my car right now. <laughs> but, so, Matt, tell, tell us, you know, you're, so we're getting a little, little backstory on everybody. So you're, what, you're a Cicerone certified guy? You're, how did you get into beer in the first place? Because now you're a, a new up-and-coming distributor in New York City. Yeah, just... Um, just a beer geek, really. Um, always have been. Um, you know, throughout college, everybody drinks a lot of beer. And, you know, at some point, it kind of tipped where um, we started drinking very good beer. Um, so I was hooked. You know, my college roommate, uh, we're sitting there. We, he was going to be a lawyer. I was going into finance. And we're like, well, this isn't this isn't what we want to do. You know, what do we want to do? So after a couple of beers we uh you know, talked it over of course a few a few beers um and we decided hey we want to get into beer so my uh, my roommate actually ended up brewing at great lakes for a handful of years he's now the key accounts manager there um flies over the all over the u.s doing that and i've been pursuing you know basically craft beer distribution since then started up with a small brewery right out of college where, where did you work first uh, it was Custom Brew Crafters, um, just south of Rochester, for a couple of years. Um, took me in as an intern, offered to, you know, do everything there. You know, worked in the brewery, worked in retail, worked in the office, worked myself out of that, and basically went on the streets, did sales, um, 
went from there to a, a larger di- uh, craft beer distributor in Western New York. You know, same thing. Uh, sales on the streets for a handful of years. Um, developed a lot of great relationships. Drank a lot of good beers. That's kind of my, you know, where I learned as much as I could about beer. Um, learned how to brew. You know, got into home brewing at that point, and really just expanded from there. Uh, managed their Western New York division, and you know, eventually, um, you know, made the move to New York for various reasons. And then, uh, you know, founded uh, Remarkable Liquids with my partner. And, you know, Who's your partner? Uh, Spencer Noakes. Yay, Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, yeah. So people in the beer industry are, are you know, know him well. Uh, you can usually hear him a couple miles away laughing away. <laughs> his, uh, his business card says beer superhero. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> who's your, your buddy from college who's at Great Lakes? What's his name? Uh, his name's Ryan Greenway. So he's, uh, he's working the country for Great Lakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, during college, uh, during those years, I lived with, uh, you know, four other guys, and three of the other guys, and then myself, got into the beer industry. So, I don't know. It was meant to be. So, yeah, that's uh, that's it. We started Remarkable Liquids uh, almost two and a half years ago, August 1st, uh, two years ago, and, and it's been an unbelievable ride, and, you know, we're really, you know, Jessica's story kind of sums up a lot of things, ties things together, because it's... You know, it's about the passion for the beer. Um, that's why we're all here. That's, that's why we're doing it. And, yeah, I, this term, guerrilla, you know, wholesaler, distributor, uh, I love it because, you know, that's really what we're out here doing. We're doing as much as we can for the brands that we well, love. Matt, I know you have, right now, distributing in New York City, you have uh, Third Rail. Yeah, so... Um, Russian we, Duck. Yep, Third Rail, uh, Russian Duck. Awesome and, beers. Uh, awesome beers. Yeah, Nine Pin Cider, all from New York State. Awesome beer. Um, you know, we're, we're so selling the Iberian uh, Beer United portfolio. Um, Super awesome. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, beyond that, we, uh, we have a, you know, an amazing uh, plethora of brands. We've got Dark Horse Brewing. We've got Bose All Natural from Ontario, Canada. We've got White Hag uh, from Ireland. A couple imports that we actually uh, we brought a couple of beers with us today to try. Um, and we actually just uh, started selling the Shelton Brothers portfolio as well. Well, that's great. We're, a little later in the show, we're, we're going to talk more with you about self-distribution and you know some advice you've had for, for, for new startup breweries. Uh, Jessica, what's the first beer that you poured for us? Because I have one? missed your beers. I'm glad yeah, you're back Yeah, this is a new one. You've not tried this before, Jimmy. This is, um, well, in celebration of Cagatillo's um, season, which is a Catalan tradition, this is a Cat- Catalan beer, a Catalan IPA. They call it, they pronounce IPA in Spain, IPA. So this is called Catipa by uh, Alciscan Brewery. And, um, they're so much cooler than us, aren't they? They're super, <laughs> so much super, cooler. super tiny. I mean, these guys brew 850 liters, which I actually don't know how to translate into barrels. I should be able to. Now, yeah, this one's all gone. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to crack another Catalan one, which is kind of a big departure in style. This one's a bit of a malt bomb. It's a winter warmer, which is appropriate for the night. Um, this one we had in kegs, and only, I think, the Jeffrey Bar... Had it. We had like one keg, and Patrick snapped it up. It's an interesting beer. It's um, like I say, very big and malty. It's a nine point one. It's got cinnamon, cane sugar, um, Hallertauer, and another um, another German malt. I can't. The label is so scratched mm. up by now because this is just a sample bottle. Chris, that you can't Chris see from uh, you're the beer bar at Mile End. What do you think of this beer? Let, let's get a little feedback on it. Well, I mean. I feel like a lot of these Spanish beers are unique. Uh, they all, they always have a really great yeast character to me, which I find unique, especially in just something simple like an American style Imperial IPA. But I'm I'm getting that as well from this one. Uh, 
A little malty caramel. Definitely malty. I mean, definitely related to the season that we're in now, I guess. <laughs> but, uh... Jess, yeah, so over the last two years, just to give everyone a sense of what's going on in the New York City beer scene, you know, since you guys started importing, what, what are some of the bars that have carried your, your product? Because it's really because of you and Johnny. I mean, no one else had really been carrying Spanish craft beers before you guys. No, not really. Um, Shelton's do have a couple of really great ones, too. Um, and I meant, um, I meant the, the bars, the, the, oh, the establishments. Bars. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Jimmy's was one of our first supporters. The Tiger supported us. Um, Taproom 307 supported us. Proletariat's been super good to us. Cannibal, um, St. Gambrinus, our friends on Atlantic Avenue, have been great. In fact, we did a kick-ass. I'm so sorry you weren't there. Love them. Fantastic. It was a fantastic event. We had flamenco dancers who actually gave the whole room a, um, people who wanted to That's learn. a great place, St. Gambrinus Beer Shop, isn't it? It's great? a really sweet place. And the flamenco Ray dancer, Heather, funnily yeah. enough, said, these are fantastic floors to dance on. <laughs> people pay good money to make floors sound this good. So we packed the place out. They said it was their biggest day since Atlantic Avenue. Um, Atlantic Antic, which, of course, you know, for them is Banner. They're bang on Atlantic yeah. Avenue. Oh, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think there's room? I mean, Chris, for example, is there room for, like, there's so many beers from so many countries now. I, I, I think there's so much room for Spanish beers. Jessica, you might not remember this, but when you came into Beer Craft for the first time selling your portfolio, I was the one. I do remember. Uh, I do who remember. Who championed your portfolio. Yeah. Beer memory, you know, is a, I know. Fuzzy, it's a fuzzy place. <laughs> but no, I, I think absolutely there should be more beers from other parts of the world. I think, you know, as much as we, you know, as much as I love local beer, I think, you know, people get tunnel vision a bit over what's great um, around the world. And we shouldn't forget about brewers in other parts of the, parts of the world, I think. Well, you know what's you know, very interesting about Spain as a country? They've got a long way to go, no doubt. But there are um, – Spain's profile now is very similar to what the U.S. was 25 years ago. Um, it's dominated by a bunch of commercial loggers, and there's a little very tiny underbelly scene of craft going on. And they've got their kinks, and you know, there's, a, there's the obvious guys who have deep pockets and are, who just think they're going to get on the bandwagon and make great beer, and they don't really know how to brew. And then there are others like this guy, Heretic, um, I, I'm sorry, this is Solstice from Reptilian. Reptilian's an awesome little tiny brewer. And um, he's really, he's doing port barrel-aged imperial porters. Um, we actually, Grimm is on board to do um, a collaboration. The guinea pigs are going to fly in. You've, nah, Proletariat had a couple of guinea pigs beers on. Anyway, they're great tiny brewers, and they're going to come over and brew here in the States with Grimm. Um, and then we're going to start doing this crossing the pond thing and cross-pollinating to sort of get uh, – switch over ideas. You, use uniquely Spanish ingredients, uniquely Spanish wine barrels, port barrels, sherry barrels, all great. sorts of stuff. You think – is, is it better, like, for, for the U.S. market, is it better for the uh, European brewer to come and make beer in the States? In it's terms certainly of- more green. That's <laughs> 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 true, yeah. Um, but the thing is – and I'll show you another beer down the line – the water in Spain is really, really, really unique. Um, it's extremely hard. It's sort of like Burton water. Yeah, I often think um, about that, yeah. And, and it does something to more the effervescence and the feeling of the hops than anything else. So that it, like this next beer that I'll open after Matt's selection is it's almost like sandpaper. It's, it's like a we guitar. Have so many it's beers like a rah awesome. on your beers. tongue. Sandpaper it's so 
In a, yeah, no. I mean, it's like the effervescence, the prickle is so tiny. It's like a, it's like a total like rasp on the tongue. It's a fantastic mouthfeel. Let's get to that. But Matt, what what's the beer you just opened? Yeah, so this is a uh, Bozal Naturals uh, Lug Tread. Uh, it's a Kolsch style. Um, this is uh, by far their number one seller and what they're known for. Um, although it's kind of an interesting story. So uh, again, it's a Kolsch. It's really an exceptional Kolsch. When I say that to people, um, only really like really intense beer geeks they're the only people that really get it because most people are like cool kolsch i don't care you know but uh people that are really into beer they want to drink a bunch of beers in one sitting you know so a 5.2 percent kolsch that's fresh that's not um thank you yeah that's not pasteurized um hasn't been sitting on a boat for weeks upon end um that's what matters so it's you know again surprising that a canadian kolsch is something that's outstanding but in reality it is um this beer is unbelievable interesting story about bows um so it's bows all natural they're organic that's not really you know their big push their big push is like making great beer period um so this is a substantial brewery um up in van cleek hill um ontario so these guys make a, a ton of beer there they employ about 150 people um, they're just over 30,000 barrels, which, um, is substantial big, and, yeah. you know, most people have not heard of them. This is the still small. I mean, relatively small, yeah, but yeah, not re- nano brewery. Relatively yeah. small, but, um, you know, this, this black border that runs across the, uh, you know, the border of the U S and Canada, it's surprising that sometimes you just don't hear about these great, great brewers and they're right there. What, what's the flavor profile on this, Chris? Cause this is pretty interesting. It's a, it's a pretty classic Kolsch. It's a Kolsch. Is an is an ale for for those who don't know. It's not a it's a unique beer because it's um, you know light like a German lager, but has the the fruity characteristics of you might say like an English ale. Uh, so floral, uh, kind of light fruit, um, you know, light yeah, body, very refreshing. It's kind um, of interesting because the uh, the label says lagered ale, and people would say that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's a Kolsch. I know it's, 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 it's initially fermented as an ale, right? And then it's lagered out, exactly. and that kind of you know mellows out the beer. It gives you the pilsner character of mellowness, but a tiny bit of fruitiness. And you know this one in particular has just a little bit of like a crackery sort of malt character. No, it's it's very very true to style. I know it's very popular in Toronto too, and I you know I love when there are beers that are this good that. Um, you know, are widely popular in the in the location they're brewed in. You know, and it's like you know, like we have like Brooklyn Lager and you know things like that. And it's it's great to see. You're you're at Mile End like, Deli, which is a Montreal inspired. Yeah, we're restaurant. A, we're a Montreal Jewish delicatessen. So so we do. You, do you have other Canadian beers? I I definitely try to. I mean, I tried to focus on Montreal specifically uh, as best I can. It's hard to bring things down. Uh, from that part of the world, weirdly, even though we're only... So what do you, like what do you have from it. Montreal? I try to carry uh, Dieu de Ciel, Hopfenstark. Uh, I've been doing um, uh, True de Diablo is very good. That's also from near Montreal, and that's an, an item that's coming down uh, through Matt and Remarkable now. Uh, and, yeah, that's, I mean, for the, I mean, saint Amboise, O'Mill Stout, we always have that, and... Uh, I feel like that's kind of like the mainstay of the the Quebec beers that we do. But, uh, you know, I try to do the best I can to, you know, fill those right. in the list. Well, we're off to a good start with the show. We've got distributor, importer, bar buyer, and uh, we're back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Salud. Salud. Hey.
So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. What a day. We, we're taking over the Instagram for Heritage Radio Network, and there's still like membership drives and all these things going on. So check out heritageradionetwork.org. It's our favorite uh, food radio station in the whole world. And I think we have listeners from Germany, France, England, even Michigan and California, places like that. So if you're out there, thanks for listening. And uh, we're going to England this spring, so Maggie's going to coordinate it. Check it out at beer underscore sessions. Wow. We're trying to take a trip to England in April, record some shows, Beer Insider Friends, and uh, more stuff like that. So heritageradionetwork.org. All right. So here we are. we got uh, our favorite Spanish importer, yeah. Jessica and Johnny from My Beer and Beer United. Uh, the upstart, uh, remarkable liquids guys, Matt Hartman, and uh, a typical beer bar from New York City, uh, Chris from uh, the Mile typical, End. Yeah. <laughs> you're typical because you're typically who, untypical. Who, first of all, who gets a job as a beer buyer? That means you're more than typical. It means you're kind of smart. You have a good palate. I mean, are you like a Cicerone trained guy or I'm something? I'm not. Um, I've always had a love for beer. I actually came more from a back of house background. I was a cook for a long time in college. I moved to New York, tried to make it in the art world. And I just kind of found myself in craft beer, weirdly. Kind of worked at some bars and uh, my job before Mile End was, for a long time, was working at a place called Beercraft in Park Slope, and that was kind of my, where I cultivated a lot of my more academic interest, if you will, in beer, and also learning about kind of the distribution system of New York and uh, how draft systems work and kind of the whole the whole mess of it. And so I ended up uh, meeting Noah Burnhamoff from Mile End through uh, Beercraft, um, and he really wanted a beer guy to come in and kind of ch- transform their beverage program. And I ended up there. So what's your official job? I'm, I'm, I am straight up beverage director at Milan for a while. I was both GM of our general manager of our Brooklyn location and beverage director for the whole company. Um, I recently made a move to focus more purely on beer and wine for the restaurants. Um, we have two restaurants, one in Brooklyn and one in Manhattan. So, it's a it's a good it's been a really great um, shift for me just to focus on training staff and focusing on what I do best. Um, though I, I did really love managing too. It was a real a real trip. I'd never done that before. So what's a typical staff training that you do? Um, I I enjoy doing tastings. I mean, staff love doing tastings, uh, but definitely I, I focus on stories. I, I'm into stories with beer uh, history. I I read a lot. I think that's something that's often missing from uh, most training programs about beer is where where this all started and the stories of the brewers and 
where this all came from, you know, before you even get into tasting notes and all of that. Um, I'm, I'm, I, w- I was impressed with, with your list. I mean, you, you have, you know, some just different a wide variety of craft beers, and then you have some Montreal beers. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to have lots of Montreal and Quebec beers, but unfortunately it's just, it's impossible. But I think I definitely focus on a more esoteric stuff, and definitely I focus on beers that work well with food. Um, I'm strongly interested in yeast and wild fermentation, uh, saison, and, you know, older Belgian styles that were built, in, originally built for drinking with food. Um, and I also just, the the whole palette of uh, Ashkenazi Jewish, Jewish cuisine and its relation to, you know, Eastern European, German cuisine and all of that, and also, you know, other, you know, kind of food ways of Jewish cuisine, the possibility of how they could pair with beer is very exciting to me. And that's kind of why I took the job to begin with. Well, I, I know Mylan pretty well, and I love that they definitely do like the old school cured, you know, yeah, briskets. Smoked and yeah. It's, it's smoked meat. Is that how yeah, they call it? Yeah, it's Montreal smoked meat, so it's the kind of the pastrami of. Do you try to, to pair the beers with the food? Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's since day one been a priority for me. Um, but also, you know, coming at our food in many different directions. So, like German lagers or. Belgian saison or, you know, or sour ales and stuff like that. Smoke meat. Yeah, and smoke meat. That sounds so good. <laughs> okay, let's bring it back to everybody else. So, so you're the guy buying beer for, for two restaurants in New yep. York City. And uh, how do you interact with someone like an importer or, or distributor like Matt? Um, it's a, it's a, often a weekly thing. Uh, I try to change our list constantly, and I'm definitely looking for something interesting uh, and something that's hard to find you know, for our, for the guests that come into the restaurant. Uh, so, I mean, it's a great thing that Jessica is doing what she does and Matt is doing what he does, uh, and that I can find incredible beers that are, are challenging to find and also delicious with food. So, so Jessica, Matt, how do you guys sell a guy like Chris? He's buying for two restaurants. That's a good customer. What's your approach if, if you just met him today? Well, generally I try to, um, Anybody I'm going to approach, I'm going to, I'm going to Google, I'm going to GTS that, I'm going to, I'm going to Google that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're good. And, uh, and I'm going to find out a little bit about, about the background, about the kind of food, so that I can come in and have, you know, we have 12 brands, which is a tiny amount when you compare it to someone like Shelton Brothers, but it's still, you know, we can't come in and like open 12 bottles of beer because we'd all be under the table by the end, even if we're just having a few sips. Right. And, you know, beer people swallow, so. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um so yeah i mean i'll look at like the cannibal um one mile can you say that again one more time <laughs> <laughs> well have you seen our t-shirt johnny wears it all no. the time oh yeah wine, wine people spit beer people swallow. i love that <laughs> hey, it's oh, true you got it in order to taste the retro nasals you gotta swallow the retro beer, nasals right? all right <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna research Chris. So you're gonna research what what they're looking for, what their portfolio looks like so far, what their meats might be. Suggest some um, some food pairings. Um, we always come in with a s- sort of idea. You know, I, I go to the Bible all the time. Brewmaster's table, Garrett Oliver. Thank you. Oh, he yeah. has been like such a hero for us. Um, and um, and we are. You know, I go. I dip back into that book all the time. Um, to look for suggestions, try things out. I always try and stay Iberian-centric when I'm approaching Iberian places, but, you know, the world is a fusion place, so we don't have to pair Spanish beers with Spanish cured meats. They can pair all over the place with all sorts of other things. And then, Matt, 
How would you approach that? Like, you just met Chris today. You want to sell beer to Mile End in New York City? Well, I've known Chris for a while. Now, but <laughs> for if, I, if, if I have, if I did just meet him, um, yeah, same thing. You got to do a little research on the place, see what they're about, and you know, see what sort of products are going to fit for them. Um, for us, we uh, you know we have a, a, a excellent portfolio at, at, at our fingertips, so it's just about pairing the right beers. You know, I don't want to force things upon him or present. Things so, what to are him things from your work. portfolio that you would you would try to sell, Chris, today? Um, geez, kind of some of the things that he mentioned. <laughs> the, uh, the Canadian imports are, are is definitely yeah. um, certain items, and and just things that pair with food. Same thing that uh, Jessica mentioned. I mean, things that we know are going to sell for him. You know, so it's a combination of all that fits within his price points. Um, pairs with his food is what he's looking for. Maybe he's got a gap to fill within his portfolio. He's like, okay, well, I've got, you know, 15 saisons and, you know, <laughs> IPAs from Canada. Now I need something else, um, something malt-driven to balance out and, you know, to be able to pair with the meat. So is, is, there a, is there a style of beer you're missing right now? Like if you're going to buy beer this week, is there anything new that you're looking for? Well, um, I did just buy... I think I, f- I feel like I just bought a lot of beer from Remarkable Liquids yeah, me, just a let, couple let days ago. Let me pull ago. up this uh, spreadsheet. But right uh, no, we do uh, we are, we do a, a a Chinese dinner every Christmas. It's like a Jewish Christmas, and I'm trying to put together a, a big, not a huge, but a, a little a very cool kind of Christmas beer list. Um, so definitely like you know, kind of bigger, maltier. Spiced things, you know. So what uh, you're talking about is Dark Horse's four O. I I love Dark Horse beers, by the way. I yeah, I, I haven't mentioned that yet. Spiced, wonderful, perfect. <laughs> this is, I I I'm loving that we're doing this on the air because this has been a big well, part of my life. You gotta do what you so do, long. right? I know. What else no. can you talk about? Man? I love. You know? No, I love it. No, this is it's kind of what I live for now. But uh, but yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of a specific hole. I, I we usually carry about thirty to. 35 beers in Brooklyn, which is quite a bit, and it's just bottles and cans. But I I always like to think that there's a, a certain spot for every single one. Um, but right now, I feel like... How many wines do you carry? Uh, so in Brooklyn, it's about it's seven wines. In Manhattan, we, we focus a little bit more on wine. So we, do, we have a list of about 20 and a beer list of about 18 in Manhattan right now. Uh, but I've, you know, it's it's sort of the, uh, in NoHo where our Manhattan restaurant is, uh, there's definitely a more, a stronger interest in wine than beer, though I, I push very heavily, like, try try this, try that, you know, it's like, it's been a big part of my, kind of my journey, is turning people on to beers that they had no idea that beer could taste like that, that's sort of my big thing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's good. And Jessica, what's what's the beer that we're drinking now? Well, that one was uh, Domus Aurea. Very it's good. one of our new yeah, favorites. This is the raspy one? That's yeah. the raspy one. You got that? It's like you have to pour it down the side of the glass because it's super effervescent. And the bubbles, you can't, it looks like it's still underneath the foamy head because they're so tiny you don't see them. But it enters your mouth and it's like... Rah. So you guys, I, mean, I remember when, we first, when you first started importing, you had Lanjub, you had Sangra, and you had Giesberger. That's and, right. And they're from which... Three different regions um, of Spain. Well, yeah. Catalonia, um, Lanjub, and Lanjub was com- from Catalonia. That was our first Catalan beer, and there are three of them. The Lug, which, funnily enough, you've got Lug Tread here. Oh, I know. <laughs> Lug, uh, 1907, and Juliet. And then later they, they collaborated with Brian to make a loja. Then Gisberga had the Porter and the Trigo, which is still, uh, still in our portfolio, and they do great. 
Um, ABC Cocina, Jean-Georges, has the porter on. It sells where, where really are they well from? Them. They're from Aragon, which is the, the region um, along the French border, just um, to the side of Catalonia. So they no longer have the, the Costa Brava, but they're up in the Pyrenees. Beautiful place, by the way. They've got, like, peacocks roaming around the brewery. It's just amazing. Um, and then we had uh, Sagra, always, which is from Toledo, and which I'm about to pop, actually, the latest Sagra offering, which... You're talking about barbecued meats? Oh, yeah. This is a beer. Nice. It's a red ale. It's called Sagra Roja. Everybody keeps saying Rioja because they see Sp- Spanish and Roja, and they insert the I. It's a funny thing. Um, so this is a red ale, and it's somebody, I, was, I was tasting it um, at, uh, at Hearth Terroir, and the sommelier there put her nose in it and said, it tastes like barbecue chips. I mean, it smells like barbecue <laughs> chips. And it does. I'm like barbecue potato chips. It's got this kind of, it's very malty, um, but it's got this kind of sp- spicy profile in there too, even though there's not, it's the, the, the hopping is very restrained. It's 100% Castilian malts. Um, and, you know, all barley is pretty simple. The recipe is pretty simple, but it's got this, this very um, sweetish, uh, Candy apple, toffee, malt. Definitely thing, nice. subtle complexity. Almost like, uh, yeah. it tastes like Amer- American craft beer, almost. And, um, a little bit. And we did a pairing with this in Despana recently with a very spicy chistorra, which is a kind of chorizo. And it was just fantastic because this takes all of that spice and calms down the heat and just marries all of those sweet flavors in the pork. So, Matt, how do you go about building your portfolio? So, you got, you, 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 you've met Jessica and Johnny, and uh, what? What was it about them that wanted, made you want to take them on? I mean, are you just looking for beers that are good? or? Well, that's number one. Um, you know, we have two things within our portfolio that have kind of been the, the standards. Um, basically, you know, number one, it's got to be great beer. End of story. Um, and number two, um, which came a little bit later, but number two is, you know, we want to support and work with the people that we want to drink beer with. You know, so <laughs> now just, there's a word. Just that, there. you know, I, I mean, it's got it's got to be great beer, and I, I got to be able to sit down and have a beer with the owner of the company and enjoy it. Um, if not, then then what are we doing here? You know, it's it's only beer, and you know, I'm passionate about beer, but on the same token, I I want to work with people that I want to work with. So, um, so if they if they pull out iced tea at lunch, you're like, yeah, yeah I don't want to hang out. With you. <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to work. Um, yeah. So interesting story about uh, Jessica and Johnny. So. You know, they reached out, and I was vaguely aware of their portfolio. Um, talked to Brian Strumke, and you know, he recommended recommended us. A couple other people, I, I think, did the same. So, you know, we set up a meeting, and you know, my partner and I are running a little bit late, so we actually have the meeting at uh, Jessica and Johnny's place. So they've got this basically every beer that they have available there, um, and we're like, well, you know, geez, I'm, I'm so sorry that we're late, but you know, we've got you know about. 45 minutes uh, until we have to like move on to the next place. And we're like, but it's more than enough time. Um, but Jessica and Johnny made us try every single one of those beers. <laughs> so the way that they would present to a distributor versus a retail account is very different. Um, their approach here was try, you know, 18 great beers. We'll get you as drunk as possible in the shortest <laughs> amount of time. Right. And then we're going to try to get you to sign the contracts immediately. Right. That really was not our... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, but it's the way that it's shaped up. But you know what? Um, that kind of speaks to what I was saying before, too, because you know we were pressed for time, and you know that's a small factor in the whole situation, but 
what really came out was they're passionate about the beer um, and the beers were great. And we were hanging out with them in their apartment with their cats. And we understood exactly what they were about. <laughs> and we loved working with them. We loved hanging out, having a beer with them. And we thought the products were phenomenal. So we, you know, we made a decision on the spot. We were ready to go. So one thing I, lo- I love about you guys, Iberian Beer United, uh, Johnny and Jessica, you guys went first. You were beer fans first. I mean, how many years Absolutely. were you going to the Blind Tiger? Absolutely. No, totally beer. Uh, Johnny and I don't have, I mean, I wish we had more of a business bone in our body, but... But we're not, you know, I'm a photographer. He's a plant guy. Um, we love beer. Dave Broderick, it's all your fault. Um, <laughs> Dave Broderick, at the end of an Italian uh, thing, said, you know, you guys are in Spain all the time. What's going on in Spain? You know, they're brewing in Italy. They're brewing in France. They're brewing all around them. They've got to be doing something. You guys should check it out. And so first we just went. We found some stuff. We brought them back. We had a little tasting at the Spania with Dave, with BR from Shelton Brothers, with a bunch of people who we knew loved craft beer, and said, what do you think about this? What do you think? You know, this is exciting, right? And, um, and then we had this crazy idea that if we were importing it, we would be able to um, travel more and be in Spain more <laughs> and stuff. Big, mis- big, big misconception. Basically starting a small business. Everybody out there, whether it's a bar, an import business, what, it's like having not even triplets. It's like having quintuplets. You know, you're like <laughs> on call 24-7 all the time. And it's, you know, thank God the people are so great because the workload is freaking phenomenal. Um, but it's it's all good. The beer's great. The beer, the, the people in Spain, I freaking love these people. They're so adventurous. We're, I can't tell you all of our secrets because we've got some really good ones coming up. But um, just just to kind of whet your appetites a bit, we do have um, now a deal with a big cider house in Spain who makes those crazy um, super sour ciders that the Rowan Imports guys import. And they're going to give what's called the borros, which is you know basically the way that cider, cider is fermented is they, they throw all the apples into these enormous... Um, uh, chestnut barrels and then halfway through fermentation they take all the cider out so that they can blend it together and it's going to be uniform um, and while it's before they put it back in for the second round of fermentation they scrape out the barrels of all of their sludge which we call the borros so we're, they're going to send us their sludge for free and is it castanol I'm not saying. You can't say. <laughs> um, and we're going to send it to a lab and propagate the yeast Great. and stabilize it. That's excellent. And we're going to put out. Um, we're going to put out a kind of guinea pigs award thing to Spain and like get as many breweries on board to try and brew a new traditional Spanish beer using cider yeast. And um, and then we'll import the top five. We'll bring them back. We'll taste it with uh, Matt and Spence and a whole bunch of other people. And we'll all decide out of hopefully there'll be 20-plus beers brewed with the side Oh, yeast. not again. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's really good. And now, finally, we've got the Spanish Consul General on board. He loves us. He's going to do. We're going well, to cheers to cheers to Spanish beer, craft beer. All right. It's going to be hey, good. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. It is so exciting to have this 
new medium. Posting after the jump has been a huge part of me transitioning from being a blogger to somebody who has sort of real important conversations with people in real life. My show, I, I kind of describe it as an audio trade magazine. I learn a ton from the guests every week, whether it's, it's restaurants, bars. All the hosts at Heritage all come from different perspectives. Everyone should be listening to this. If you're interested in conservation and and practical approach to renewable food sources, you know, not this big industry. Whether it's history, uh, laws, social policies of food, I think people now take food seriously, and hopefully what's on their plate will become something very special. And I feel that podcasting has a future, giving people information in a format they can really use on the go. We need your support to keep these conversations going. To donate, visit heritageradionetwork.org backslash donate. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. HeritageRadioNetwork.org, become a member. There's a lot of benefits. And again, if you're listening from Germany, France, England, or Michigan, or upstate New York, uh, where, where you're stationed, you can listen to cheese shows, chef shows, wine spirits, and fermenting shows, too. But we're Beer Sessions Radio, and thanks for tuning in. We've got a great show tonight. We've got a, a Spanish importer. We got a New York distributor and a New York City uh, beer buyer. So, so who's been to Toledo? Are you oh, no, at I was just Toledo, saying, uh, Spain. I was at no, I was at uh, I was at the Met Metropolitan Museum of Art yesterday with my girlfriend for her birthday, and I, they have a great El Greco show. El Greco is from Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. So this this beer is from Toledo. Yeah. No, no, no. Sagra is no. not this one. Oh, this Domus. Domus. <laughs> Domus yeah. is from. Is but the first just tying it all that mixed up. So don't tell us about Domus again because this is pretty awesome. Domus is very Toledo. There's guy. history. This there's history in Spain. Fernando was a chemist, and um, he fell in love with craft beer, and he opened when I first went to visit him now four years ago. He was brewing out of a garage in, in, in Toledo, which is like on a mountain. It's like one of the most beautiful cities in Spain. And um, in, in La Mancha, Spain. It's in the Castilla-La Mancha region. And um, because he's a chemist, he really gets the science of beer really well. And he's very good at making these extremely light-bodied beers. This is not what you're drinking, by the way. Um, <laughs> although that is also from Toledo. Yeah. I got so excited about Chris's story. I was like, I was at the Met. I saw El Greco, Toledo. I'm like, all right. Well, I, we, I jumped onto the El Let's Greco. Let's go to Toledo. Domus, um, on, our next, on our next round that's coming in at the end of December, um, we've got more of Aria coming in. Aria is a fantastic beer. I don't, uh, unfortunately, we were talking through it, but the, the original aroma is like pure like um, um, green guava aroma. It's so, so unique. Um, but he brews another beer called Greco for Greco's 400th anniversary, which is, which is what 2014 has been. And um, so what you're seeing at the Met yeah, is exactly. that traveling exhibition yep. for his birthday. They should have and, beer there, um, right? They should. They should they have. And he makes this beautiful beer in a gorgeous bottle. That's the one I showed yeah, you. I know, I, we you, sent you home with it, right? Let me work on that. Um, you need to, because actually I've, I've had some conversations this week with some, some beer friends and Cicerones, and yeah. I feel like that that's the context beer needs to be in. Beer yeah. should be at, at Absolutely. A, it shouldn't be the just the wine of a country. The same way you guys at Mile End have, have almost more beers than wines. I mean, it's uh, there's so much of a, a cultural impact, I feel like. I mean, wine is, of course, wine is a, a very old beverage, but I feel like... Beer is not recognized in the same way as such a deeply cultural item. Yeah, ditto. And everyone here is working towards it. But let's let's jump to some questions. So we're here in New York City. We're talking about even you know New York Strait distributors and all this stuff. And you've, we've heard a little bit about the journey from importing beer to our distributor. So first question, um, Matt, 
How many states in, in the United States allow self-distribution for like new or startup or small breweries? Self-distribution, um, I believe it's almost half now, um, maybe a little over at this point. Um, but yeah, the self-distribution thing, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Jessica tells her story and self-distribution is a, a great opportunity for brewers, importers to get out there and understand what the business is. Um, a lot of people don't understand what the three-tier system. They hear they hear this term, but they don't understand what it really is. Yeah, so that's so almost over half the states in the United States allow for self-distribution, and the reason because there's an article you wrote for uh, Brewbound, which I'm getting to. So, what are your guidelines? You know, self-distribution is great. I have a lot of a lot of new small breweries who got to know that way. What are your guidelines when you talk to an, a new brewery? You know, you, you you have there's some things. Some people will benefit from self-distribution. Others benefit from from distribution. Yeah, um, you know, kind of referring to self distribution. I think it depends on the brewery, depends on the supplier, depends on the uh, distributor, depends on the state's laws. Um, so really, you know, at Remarkable Liquids, we don't pigeonhole anybody. We take their story, we soak it in, we have a conversation about what they're trying to do, their goals, what they're trying to achieve, and get an idea of where they're trying to go. And, and you know what? If it fits with what we're doing, then it makes sense for both of us. The thing is, it may not fit, and, you know, it may, they may be better off to self-distribute or go with somebody else. But even to start doing the self-distribution, you know, the beer scene in New York City over the last couple of years has been evolving quickly, catching up even, because it really wasn't great, you know, say six or seven years ago, that's for sure, um, at least compared to some other larger cities um, you know, Philadelphia was blowing us out of the water here. So um, now with these new great breweries, importers in New York City, you know, 12 percent, uh, Iberian, other half, um, single cut, you know, all these great brewers that are now here and Barrier. Please don't forget Barrier. So, uh, you know, these guys are out there doing self-distribution, learning the ropes and, you know, kind of changing the di- dynamic here. Um, and I think that matters as a supplier looks for distribution. Absolutely. At some point, self-distribution is very, very tough, as Jessica mentioned. You know, and, and they just have to weigh their options, whether it fits to continue to do so um, or to move on for a distributor. But there's really no point in moving on to work with a distributor if, number one, you don't have enough product, you don't have the right product, or if, you know, your goals don't align with the distributor. So. That's kind of that's that's what we we do. You know, we just have a conversation. We have a couple of beers with somebody, see if we like them. And you know, number one, they they have to have bring great beer to us. You know, beyond New that, New York does talk. have New York has pretty good laws about self distributing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're able to self distribute here, which is awesome. Um, and you know, the laws are changing where it's allowing some um, brewers to leave and change distribution. But it's also you know that's. That's not easy. I mean, I think to the general public, they assume that you can just jump from here to there, and it's it's, it's not the case. I mean, it's it's a long process to be able to find the right distributor. So, you know, basically, you have to find the right person, um, find the right distributor, you know, make your decision and move on from there. And that's why I think, you know, I'm, I'm a proponent of self-distribution. You get out there, you learn some things, um, then you can really truly choose the right distributor. You, also, you can start building your own organic market too exactly yeah, right and exactly. you go to a distributor with, certain with a client bars too, that, that, that you go to regularly and then they'll stay with you for a long time exactly. but what about you chris so i mean that, that's an interesting for me uh i saw the same thing happen when like barrier first started up a few years ago i think yeah. almost four and a half years ago yeah. they were one of the first new breweries that was self-distributing and i love their model i also love that they were coming every week to my place but it was also that was only one of many different beers i got 
and um, I, I think it, there's, there's few that actually stay with it. I've seen a lot more of the the new breweries go to distributors. Yeah. In the last you know two years. I yeah. I mean barrier kind of meant so much when I when I was at Beercraft. I mean that was they're kind of I mean one of the biggest things for us in that they were self distributed. It kind of meant meant so much to us as far as product being unique and very local. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel very strongly about self-distribution I, in, in the same aspects that we've discussed, you know, uh, having a unique product that's very small batch and, you know, all the, all the, all the words, but artisanal and small batch and all that. But, uh, I, you know, I've been working a lot with a transmitter in uh, Long Island City. It's uh, As we don't have a draft system at the restaurant, it's sort of a, a perfect brewery for us in that they do Saison and all that. In bottles, but uh, do they deliver to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Anthony, we have the same thing with, with the bridge from Bridge and Tunnel. He'll just he'll just say he has a keg and yeah, Anthony, he'll come by and, and and drop it off. And Anthony, one of the the brewers over there, uh, yeah, he brings the cases by, and it's always great because usually I'm I have a bunch of people in the restaurant, and I'm like, yeah, the, yeah, guys, this is this is the guy who makes this beer, and you know, everyone's it's, like, I want to try it. Like that's you know, I think that's that the most beautiful thing bit. to me, yeah, and I mean, not just because it sells beer, but just also that that our guests can meet the creator of something they're drinking. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Chris, uh, two top beers. Do you have draft beer? Not yet. Okay, two top beers on your list at Mile End right now. Um, for me right now, uh, shoot, let me think. I'm 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 thinking. Uh, uh, there's a the Alvin. You don't have to impress. No 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 Alvin. You know the brewery Alvin from uh sure. from from Belgium. They make a beer called Sigma. It's a dark sour thing. It's a just a strong dark sour thing, and I think it's the most amazing beer to drink by itself. Which is kind of odd for sour things because I think they should be consumed with food, but it's also an incredible pairing for smoked meat, like we were talking about before. That's one of my favorites. And uh, I'm just going to shout out Hopfen Stark Saisons in general. We, we have the Station 55 at the restaurant right now, and I just from think Quebec. they're the most, most lovely Saisons too. from almost in, in anywhere in the world. And Jessica, uh, two beers that you have that, that every bar in New York City should be carrying right now. Uh, we wrote all the beers we loved before um, for 1907, which is so the Lanjou 1907 so is like one of my favorite beers. It's got earth. And what it's about you? Have earth. a good porter, and or then a loja, of course. And Sagra Boio has been amazing lately. I and mean, we we just got it in 20 liter kegs, which is nice because it was a really expensive keg otherwise. Um, but they had it on at Gambrinus, and some guy came in and said, you know what, can I get two cases of this? They're like $25 bottles. Um, they're, they're, they're $0.75 cents a liter, but they're really expensive bottles. They sell them there. And some guy came in and said, love this beer. I'm coming back next week. Get me what, is, what is the Sagra? I have some of those, too. The Sagra Bohia. The Sagra Bohia is, you know, it's, it doesn't. It, it's a fancy beer. It's a fancy beer. Yeah, it's a fancy, fancy beer. It's a 10.5. Um, it defies style a little bit. We call it a, uh, an old ale. Because it feels like an old ale is actually not aged particularly long. Um, it is kept in the bottle for six months before they sell it, but that doesn't really qualify for it to be an old ale. So it's somewhere between a strong ale and an old ale. It's a black beer. It's got lots of dark fruit in it, and underneath it's got the sort of the, the, the keel of espresso and dark chocolate. Oh, and it's just, beer. it's a beautiful beer. Awesome. And, and Matt, what's this beer you just poured for us? This is pretty great. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is- uh, this is Black Boar from White Hag Brewing. Great. 
in uh, Sligo, Ireland. So you're bringing uh, in Irish beers too? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, in addition to being a distributor, we're also an importer. We bring in just a few brands, um, Boats All Natural being one, and then the White Hag products. Both are brand new, um, brand new to the U.S. and only available in New York State at the moment. Um, but the White Hag stuff is super, super interesting. So we, you know, we've continued this conversation about beer and what it really is, and, and you know. I keep on saying, well, to us it matters that it's got to be a great product. Well, that does matter. And the but the other half is, you know, the people that make it and you know working with these people. So this one in particular, interesting story because the owner, um, you know, worked in the U.S. worked with my partner years ago in a distribution venture, and then uh, went back to Ireland, opened up a few pubs What's there. What's his name? I like Joe names. <laughs> Joe Kearns. He's Irish. Yeah. So. Um, he, uh, you know, he went back there, opened up a, a couple pubs there, and then basically caught this, you know, brewing bug. And he said, you know, hey, this is time for uh, for me to do something here. I see what's going on in America. I've seen what was going on, you know, eight years ago, and I feel like Ireland needs that. So he started his own brewery. Um, you know, they opened up six months ago. Um, they brought they brought in a brewer from uh, from the U.S. Actually, he wanted the brewer in particular from the U.S. Brought in the guy from Hop and Frog. He was uh, one of the original brewers there, um, and it's yeah again the story of people in within beer. It's interesting because they he had been looking for a brewer in the U.S. for you know a handful of months, almost a year or so. Um, we recommended a few people. It didn't work out, and uh, you know he kept on posting it, posting it all over the all over the web. And uh, the brewer from Ohio basically on his birthday he had been looking to move to Ireland. He just wanted to go there. It's a life dream. So on his birthday, he looks at the he looks at the internet, looks at the postings, finds this, and he calls the guy immediately. Um, gets him. He sets up an interview. You know, three weeks out, goes there, makes a decision, and he moves his entire family there. So now he's been there for a year and a half, preparing the brewery, building his own brewery in Ireland, and now they're completely changing the game in Ireland. There's nothing like this actually being brewed there, and now we're excited to have it in the U.S. because it. I mean, this is a product that competes and you know is a just an outstanding beer period spectacular awesome stuff man all right guys thanks for everyone coming and a special shout out our good friend uh, brewer greg dorowski formerly of greenport harbor on long island he's making his brooklyn brewing debut with the opening of his new brew pub threes brewing in gowanus our friends from here at roberta's will be taking over the kitchen for the first couple of weeks and four of Greg's own beers will be on draft. So check it out. Three's Brewing in Gowanus, Brooklyn. The new brewery. And there's like a new brewery every month. Know. But you know what? That that makes it awesome. awesome. And, it uh, does make it awesome. And then what's the thing with the your little fireside? Cagatillo? Okay. Yeah. Cagatillo Man is, Where's the, he going? is He is the coolest bar companion you ever met. <laughs> He's a little log with, um, with bottle cap eyes, bottle cap nose, bottle beer line um, lips, and a little barretina red cap on top of him. And basically, you can put stickers on his eyes, make him change expression, selfie yourself, and tweet to us at Iberian Beer U. Um, we're going to have him at every place that sells Spanish craft beer during the Christmas season. And um, he's just a lovely, piney-smelling little log. It's like that the end you that you cut off of your Christmas tree, you turn it into a little toy. Well, he, he has a very long history. He's centuries old, and he basically is Santa in Catalonia, except that instead of 
building toys and delivering them to children. He um, is fed roughage basically all from the 8th to the 24th. And on the 24th, on, New Year, on Christmas Eve, kids are told to go into a little room. There's a little blanket put on the back of Kagatio to keep him warm. And um, they, come, they, they go say a prayer. They hope Kagatio is going to bring them really good presents. They come back in and they beat him with a stick and sing this little song, Kagatio, Kagatio, which means literally poop log. And um, and the log, and then lo and behold, underneath the blanket are all their Christmas presents. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love these this deep cultural uh, traditions. Deep culture. It, it love was that. you know I, I googled it to like find out a little more about it. Originally, the log was you know we're in the deepest darkest days of Christmas and. Um, and it was what represented warmth and light in, in cold times. So he then so, started... And at bringing, the end of the day, you can just throw him in the fire. And at the burn. end of the day, exactly. Yeah. He was a Yule log. All right. He was a Yule log. Hey, and, and something else cool. If you're in New York City on Christmas, go to Jimmy's Number 43, our annual craft beer Christmas, $25 buffet. That's, it's roasts and sides. It's like an old English Christmas, and you can sweet. buy beer. So that's pretty sweet. sweet. A lot of English people go to this for some reason. So. And Jimmy's going to have a unique cagatio with long We will. And at the end, I'm going to throw time. it in the fire. <laughs> In in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com who've helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Jessica, Matt, and Chris for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden, who did study in Ireland, and Justin Kennedy and our engineer, Jack Inslee. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.